In a world where movies are abundant, but podcasts are, well, well, podcasts are also abundant, comes another podcast about movies. You're listening to Stop Talking During Movies. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 19 of Stop Talking During Movies. I'm your host, the rapper currently and formerly known as Sick. And this podcast title, Stop Talking During Movies, that will start to make a lot more sense as we are now allowed to be officially let back into theaters. I'm excited. Probably going to go out and watch Tenet this weekend with the wife. Um, Excited for that one. Christopher Nolan, always a big fan of his movies. Um, The reviews look good. Everything looks good. Looks great. I can't wait. Um... Also, can't wait for that buttery, delicious popcorn. Oh, haven't had that in so long. i actually been tempted several times throughout this whole pandemic of just going down to the theater because some of them are still allowing you to buy popcorn um, and bring it home. But I feel like that is just a little too American. Can't do it. Um, today, I'm going to rank the last five movies that I watched. Um, I watched... Let's look here. I, I watched a... God, it's, it's, I'm excited because... I finally got around to watching a bad movie. It's been a while since I've watched a really bad movie. Um, I've talked about a few mediocre movies on this podcast, a couple of okay movies, you know, I'm, some movies that I didn't like. But I finally watched a movie that I just like really did, didn't like, almost hated this movie. Very bad. And I was kind of looking forward to this movie. And I don't think this is a case of too big of expectations high expectations and this movie not meeting it i really think this was a very bad movie i don't get why it is getting such decent reviews um but i will get into that soon so i watched a bad movie a good movie a very good movie and two great movies um so let's just begin with the bad movie (laughs) very shocked that this movie was so goddamn bad um, crawl. The state of Florida has issued a category five hurricane warning. All residents must evacuate immediately. Grab your families, your loved ones, and get out. Dad! We won't be able to come for you. Dad! Crawl, directed by Alex. I don't. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce this, but Alexandre Aya, um, who directed a movie that I don't think was well received um, in 2006 called The Hills Have Eyes. It was a remake. I really like that movie. I remember watching it in the theater and was like, "God damn, this is a, a pretty goddamn freaky movie." But this movie, Crawl, horrendous, and I can't believe it's getting such good ratings. I think it's like 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, on Letterboxd, it's 3.0, uh, three out of five. And this movie, right from the beginning, I thought the CGI looked horrible, horrible. Maybe it's that I'm watching this movie, um, and it's the movies that I'm watching around it. You know, like I watch this movie and then 
I watched a few of my other the other movies that I'm going to talk about today uh, a few days before or after this movie. I don't know what it is, but the this movie, the CGI of this movie is horrible. So that's just right out the bat. Um, and I'm talking about, so right at the very beginning of the movie, you see this giant hurricane, this storm that's coming through uh, this town in Florida. It's ravaging everything. Um, the main star is a... Uh, I don't know what level. I think it's college, a collegiate swimmer. She's a very good swimmer, so you can guess whether or not that's going to come into play later on. Um, <clears throat> and she, and so they show the storm in the background, you know, and there's rain falling and everything. And I'm thinking, this looks much worse than the 1990s movie Twister. And that was 20 something years ago that movie came out, and the CGI looked better then. It just looks horrible. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, it was stunning to see a 2019 movie look this bad. And I actually saw reviews after the fact of people saying how the effects look great. I can't believe if they were, I can't believe that they were talking about that. Didn't, didn't make any sense at all. So right away, um, the movie is basically, it's a, it's a two-hander for the most part. It's the, um, the, the main girl, Haley, and her father, Dave, and they're just in a, in, in their house and it's kind of getting flooded and there's gators in the basement and one of the gators had attacked the dad you learn this really quick and the dad is you know kind of bunkered in, or found a little bunker behind some pipes where the alligators couldn't get to him and so he's chilling behind there and the daughter finds out there's alligators down there and she's goes down there the whole game is to get out of the basement and get away from these gators so the setup's okay. I'm thinking, okay, this, this could start to work towards something. But then a few things start happening that are absolutely frustrating and annoying and, and really just get on my nerves. The alligators. Why are... <laughs> the alligators are doing jump scares as if they're in on the scare, as if they're the ghosts that are trying to freak you out. Um, the alligators are super quiet until they... And then until they don't need to be until it's um until it's time to scare the audience and so the, the girl will be doing something and then all of a sudden you you feel it coming uh oh here comes the gator you turn around and the gator just jumps out of nowhere makes a stupid noise that i don't even think gators make and if they do make then my bad but i don't think they make this noise it's like a little monster jumping out at her um we learned that if you're a main character in the movie uh a gator can sit can bite down on your arm or your leg or your torso or wherever, and it's not really going to um, harm you until later in the film. Um, it's okay for a gator to grab you by the leg and drag you away and, and all these things, and it's not really going to hamper you very much. You're going to be able to walk around and run and do all kinds of things after that. We also learned that gators have red glowing or yellow glowing eyes in the dark. We learned that they look really freaky and they and they kind of know where you're at at all times. They kind of know that they're menacing. They don't behave like animals. They be behave like monsters for the most part until the plot, until the, and it's convenient for the plot, for the alligators to behave like alligators. Uh, there's a point in the movie where they say, oh, if you don't splash around, the gators won't see you. Oh, isn't that goddamn convenient that it works when you need it, but... At other times in the movie, the alligators will jump out at you as you're sitting there very still and calm. And, and they jump out at you to scare the shit out of the audience. And Well, not me, but uh, scare the shit out of the, the characters and the audience. Uh, that's the goal, at least. Um, absurd. 
horrible, horrible stuff. And also, we also learned that if you're not a main character, if you're just like an ancillary character that we meet a few times and um, we're giving given some very sloppy exposition about your backstory, that gators can just rip you up into pieces very easily and very quickly, even if you have a gun. Um, so we learned this very early on. Um, very, very bad stuff going on here. The exposition, that, that's what I noticed right away too. Early on in the movie, there's a lot of expo exposition, just story, backstory crammed into crammed into every conversation and it makes no goddamn sense the way that these characters are talking to each other is a script it's not it's not like people that are talking to each other it's like hey it's like if i went up to my brother and be like hey jared um using his real name uh you know rather than just like hey you know i you know hey jared remember that time that we um threw the baseball and it hit into that window the house next door and we got in big trouble by that old lady and remember how we went down in the basement and we saw that blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. Very, very horrible exposition where um, it's just so obvious. I don't get why this doesn't annoy everybody. It annoys the shit out of me. Um, maybe I watch too many movies. I don't know. But pretty much everything about that. So there's, there's a point later on in the movie. I don't want to say too much because I know some people like this movie. And uh, maybe you're hearing this now and you're like, oh, you're being, you're, you're an idiot. You're just thinking too much about it. Or maybe you're thinking about going to watch this and you may enjoy it. It's possible. But there's a scene that happens later in the movie where a character gets a horrendous injury. And um, it's pretty graphic. It looks real. It looks good. Everything's good. But this character uh, mends themselves up pretty good and, and gets uh, is able to move around again. Again, you, you can move around after horrendous injuries if you're a main character. And then after this horrendous injury happens, he starts talking about ex like uh, about the house and about uh, family stuff that really is not that goddamn important. There's no way any character in any world would start talking about the bullshit that he starts talking about or she. It could be a female um, that they start talking about after this horrendous injury that they have and they, they lose a limb. I'll just say that they lose a goddamn limb and they start talking about the house. Stupid. I hated this movie. So I almost turned this movie off early on, but um, I'd already been committed to it. I was 20 minutes in or so. I thought, ah, I don't have enough time to start a new movie. And also, it's been so long since I've watched a really bad movie. And so I decided to sit through it. Very bad movie, Crawl. This easily, easily would have made my top five worst movies last year. Uh, did not like this movie at all. Um, maybe it's better in a theater, though. Maybe if I watch this in the theater... Uh, it would have been better because, you know, the, you get that full effect of the theater. The creature feature type stuff their stuff is better in a theater. Um, but, God, I didn't like this movie at all. Horrible movie. All right, let's move on to the next one. Fourth best movie that I watched. And this one is very strange that this is this low on my list. I thought I would love it. Uh, unfortunately, I did not love it. But it was a good movie. If I had hair... The I'm killing of a sacred deer. We'd shave the hair off first. How long does it take for the hair to grow back? I don't know. About a month, I suppose. Your son told me that you've got lots of hair under your arms, three times more than I do, and that you've got a very hairy back and a very hairy belly. I probably do have a little more hair than you do because I'm older than you. 
But soon you'll have more hair too. It's all down to hormones. Can you show me, please? Can you take off your shirt and show me, please? Please. Okay, you do have more hair than I do, but not three times more. Me and my mom thought it'd be nice if you came by for dinner tonight. We could watch her as at a movie. Does eight sound good for you? That's very kind of you, but I just can't make it tonight. I need to be at home. Can't you get away for a couple of hours? I can't, no. Some other time. My mom's gonna be upset. Can I tell you a secret? Don't tell her I told you. I think she, I think she likes you. I mean, she's attracted to you. But she says that's not true, but it is, I'm sure. And to be honest, I think you're perfect for each other. You'd make a great couple. Killing of a Sacred, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. A great director. I loved The Favorite uh, from last year, or from two years ago. And I really like The Lobster from a couple of years ago. This movie is by far the uh, worst of those three. Uh, for me, at least. And I know a lot of people love this movie. I, I heard so much about this movie. I heard mostly that this was his best film. Um, uh, this or Dogtooth. I know Dogtooth gets a lot of love, too. And not that this movie doesn't have really really great things about it i feel like there are parts of this movie or aspects of this movie that i love not just like not just kind of think are awesome or you know good spots in a otherwise okay movie there's some things that i love in this movie i love the mood that yorgos can create uh the the am the like the atmosphere of the film is 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 unique it's it's uh it's I don't know. It, it gets me excited about movies when I when I see something like this. I love the the shots. The cinematography is beautiful. Uh, the composition of the shots. I love. I love this stuff. Um, the the strangeness of it. The the fact that this really doesn't exist in the real world. It's it's uh, it's like an alternate universe of characters that they deliver all their lines in this flat affect. There's no no real emotion for the most part. There's absurd conversations that would never happen in the real world unless we were dealing with completely mentally challenged people um, talking to each other that have no emotion, I guess. I don't know. Not to disparage mentally ill people. Ah, what, what, I don't give a fuck if I offend you. Um, it's a strange, strange world. Um, and I love these this aspect of it. The, the acting is always good, even though it's like very uh, subtle and under um under, what is it underdone not not over the top uh nicole kidman she so the, it, it's hard to say so th this movie stars um colin farrell there's nicole kidman barry cohagen um <clears throat> and some uh sunny Sol soljik who's uh the young kid in mid 90s alicia silverstone's in here rafi cassidy uh another child actor I think she's a child actor. Maybe she's not. I don't know. Um, she's. I think she's starting to uh, make a lot of uh, like this movie I heard about recently, The Other Lamb. Uh, interested in that movie. Looking forward to that one. Um, but Nicole Kidman. I don't know if this is true. Maybe I'm overstating it. But 
she kind of makes everybody else. I don't know. It, it seems like there's different levels of acting. And when I see her on screen, there's something different going on. Um, than the other other actors not not that colin farrell isn't great himself but nicole kidman is just great she's she's such a great actress um and there's some really good scenes with her in this movie um i but but so but what i didn't like about this movie what really just killed this movie for me is how or why am i supposed to care about the actions on screen when there's nothing human taking place none of these characters are human None of them seem to feel real emotion. None of them seem to exist in a way that resembles life at all. Um, especially after we learn what the movie's about. I don't want to give away the premise of the movie because I didn't have it given away for me. And I think it helps to not know what the uh, main premise of the movie is. But there's, uh, like a lot of Yorgos Lantimos' films, um, there's an absurd premise or an absurd world that his story unfolds in. And once you accept that, you can go along for the ride. Um, and you're usually very impressed. I'm very impressed by the way the movie's made. The music, the, the composition, the mise-en-scene. Everything about this movie is, is beautifully uh, constructed. But even after, like, so in The Lobster, once you accept the premise of the movie, you can enjoy what's going on there's a lot of funny things that take place in that movie um there's a lot of beautiful shots there's a lot of things that you feel like like the characters actions feel like they have consequences or that they are going to be troubling to the the characters in this movie i didn't feel like anything mattered at all that um there there's a choice that the uh, that colin farrell's character needs to make but it feels like the way that the other characters react to this, the way that the children and, the, and his wife react to learning this information renders everything kind of pointless. It seems like, okay, well, these aren't humans that we're dealing with. These are strange creatures that um, we're watching deal with this scenario, which is fine. You can make that movie, but why am I, how am I supposed to care about what what these characters are going through when I don't understand what they are, what are their motivations, what do they care about? Because it seems like they don't care about much, and when they do care about things, it's very fleeting and it doesn't matter. It doesn't um, it doesn't exist or it doesn't exist? Like the the meaning is is missing. So I'll just say that there, there's a choice that uh, or there's things that Nicole Kidman's character does that no mother, no mother or no woman pretty much almost would ever do unless they were severely drug like a severe drug addict or unless they were some some other, otherwise compromised in in a way but it just doesn't strike true to what humans would do none of this does so i i found myself just not really caring about what happened i was interested i was always engaged um but it i, I think it just undermines itself uh, this whole story in this absurd universe is undermining to what could have been a powerful movie and i don't feel like it was powerful and and i can understand why people would feel that if they if they can get on board with these characters and and um assume that they feel things and assume that they are like them 
or find some empathy with them, then I could see this movie really working, but did not work for me um, for the most part. I, I just <clears throat> didn't have any empathy towards these people. It didn't, like I said, it just seemed like um, there was one point where these characters are just talking back and forth, and I just kind of got annoyed and thought to myself, maybe Yorgos Lanthimos is literally just writing down um, absurd sentences and then thinking, how would a character react to that absurd sentence or absurd scenario in another in, a, in another absurd way, but that would fit this whole, um, I don't know, like dance of absurdity. And I'm using the word absurd way too much, but, you know, it, it's like... Um, I don't know, it's like two kids getting together and saying, like, what if I what if I asked you um to show me how much hair you have on your body? And the other kid's like, Well, then I would just pull my shirt up and I would show you. And I and it's like it's like that. Like the, the dialogue in the script is like that. It's just silly. Um, but there's no levity there. It's just silly done in a deadpan way. Um, which is like the lobster, but the lobster just works so much more because I felt I felt like the characters had, I don't know, not not to get into this comparison of the lobster and, and the killing of the sacred deer. Look, the killing of the sacred deer, I would rate as a good movie. It's a three-star movie for me, but that's mainly because what I love about it, or what I like about it, I love. I really love the way this movie feels, the way it looks. Um, I love the daring nature of it. I love all those things, but what I don't like about it, it's not like that I slightly don't like it. I just, I really don't like it. I don't think it... it the narrative, the story, I don't think it works. I don't think the comedy works nearly as well as in The Lobster, and certainly not as well as in The Favorite, um, which he didn't write The Favorite, he just directed The Favorite, and I think that is... So if Yorgos Lanthimos was coming out with a movie, um, and you know, and I knew he was coming out with a movie, if I knew he wrote the movie, I'd be a little less excited about that movie. If I knew that he just directed the movie, I'd be a little more excited. Um, and that's sad to say because I really like the lobster, but when he, you know, with the favorite, he directed it, but didn't write it. And I love the favorite one of my top, I think it was the number two movie for me in 2018. So yeah, I'm, I'm still in with anything Yorgos does. I really like his style. Uh, might even love his style. Like I, I might even go so far as to say that, but this one, I just didn't like that much. Sorry. Uh, okay. Number three, idiocracy from 2006. As the 21st century began, human evolution was at a turning point. Natural selection, the process by which the strongest, the smartest, the fastest reproduced in greater numbers than the rest, a process which had once favored the noblest traits of man, now began to favor different traits. Most science fiction of the day predicted a future that was more civilized and more intelligent. But as time went on, things seemed to be heading in the opposite direction, a dumbing down. How did this happen? Evolution does not necessarily reward intelligence. With no natural predators to thin the herd, it began to simply reward those who reproduced the most and left the intelligent to become an endangered species. Having kids is such an important decision. We're just waiting for the right time. It's not something you want to rush into. Obviously. No way. <laughs> oh shit, I'm pregnant again! Alright, Idiocracy um, is a movie that I have seen bits and pieces of before. 
I don't remember much about it. I watched it back in the day uh, when it came out, not in theaters, but it was. I watched it uh, on on a. There we used to have these things called DVDs, and I think I watched it on a DVD. So, what's Idiocracy is a very good movie, very good movie. Um, I really like it. So I'd watch bits and pieces of it. Um, and I only remember like scenes from it. I only remember like small premises from the movie. So I'm like, all right, let's rewatch it. I want to watch it, get the full experience and watch from the beginning to the end, which I don't think I've ever done. If I did, I don't remember. But, um, I think this movie is very creative. It's very well executed satire and becomes even more, um, biting as time goes on. It looks like, uh, with president Camacho. Um, the comedy is very subtle. It's very, well, no, it's not really subtle. Like there's like, you know, ouch, my balls. Like there's very right in your face comedy, but there's so many small little details, comedic details in the background and, and little things that characters say that is just so well written and so well thought out and fleshed out. Um, I really liked a lot of that. I, it's very funny movie, laughed a lot. Um, this movie puts out a lot of iconic characters and iconic ideas that I think entered the zeitgeist and rightfully so. Like they are in our they're in our collective consciousness now, and I think they'll be there for a long time. And it's earned it. I think it's a cult classic for a reason because it is very um, biting and telling and and just a really good satire. Very very funny. Um, this is a three and a half star movie for me. I I know it's it's probably a little low. Um, lower than I, I don't know, lower than maybe it should be for me and probably lower than it is for you. Um, but that's because I have to admit to myself, like as I'm watching it, I liked, I pretty much loved everything that I'm seeing. I mean, this is a great, great, uh, comedic satire. I really like it. Very thoughtful ideas and done in a goofy juvenile way, but just fun, fun movie. But I have to admit, I did not laugh as much as I thought I would. I wasn't it wasn't an hysterical movie to me. It was funny, but I, I noticed throughout, I was like, wow, I am, I'm chuckling at these parts, but I'm not laughing out loud. And that could be because I'm familiar with a lot of these things. Like I said, I've seen scenes. I believe I watched a lot of it back in 2007 or so. Um, so that could be a, a part of it, but I just have to rate it and express how I feel about it as it is at, at this time. But uh, Idiocracy, I think it's a, it's, to me, this is like recommended viewing, like I, or not recommended, mandatory viewing. I would recommend this to anybody, even if they weren't really into comedy. It's like, you just got to watch Idiocracy. You have to have that in your mind. And before you go out into the world, and especially before you go out into social media, and especially before you start talking about politics and everything. Not, not that you're going to learn a ton from this, but I just want this in your brain. That's all, all I can say. I don't know. I don't know what to sell. Idiocracy. Very good movie from 2006. Uh, I don't know if I said this already. Um, starring Luke Wilson, Maya, Maya, Maya Rudolph, Dax Shepard, Terry Crews as President Camacho. Awesome stuff. Um, other people in here directed by Mike Judge. Uh, yeah, very good movie. Highly recommend Idiocracy. And I'm realizing that I talk way more about movies I dislike than movies I like. All right, the next movie that I watched, the number two movie that I watched over the last five, 
This is a movie that came out in 2013, I believe. Could have been 2014. Um, directed by... No, it was 2013. Directed by James Ward Bierkit. Bierkit. Sorry, I'm saying it incorrectly. This movie's called Coherence. Amir's bringing Laurie to dinner. Amir's a total jackass. <laughs> Everyone else still not have service. I got zero. Yeah. On the news, you know, they're talking about the comet. Yeah, yeah. Miller's comet. After it passed, people get lost. They would end up in the wrong home. Wow. And they keep telling people that this can happen. The chicken tastes like right. tuna. It must be comet. Miller's comet. <laughs> the whole neighborhood is out of power, uh, except for a house about two blocks up. Mike, is that door locked? I'll, I'll check it. Baker, stay away from the door. I can't stand this. I'm going to go see what's going on. I'm sorry, but I'm going. See that? Oh my god. This is bad. This is really Wait, bad. Wait, what's the box? That was at the other house. Oh my god. Baby, what did you see? Hugh, what did you see? We don't even belong here. Everybody knew about this. He told us. He told us. Everybody knew about this except me. We have to just get through the night, okay? We are not from his house. We are visitors. I'm crossing all kinds of boundaries. I don't want to be stuck here. What is going on? Coherence. Ta uh, the uh, little description. Nothing is random. On the night of an ast astronomical anomaly, eight friends at a dinner party experience a trouble chain, a troubling chain of reality bending events. This movie, I I love this movie. Love this movie. Maybe not for the reasons that I should, or that the movie merits, but I do love this movie. So, started this movie. I uh, had no idea why I started. I think I'd heard a few things. Um, I heard it was really low budget, <clears throat> which it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad at all. So don't let that scare you. It's low budget, but <sighs> I was like, I need kind of a short movie. This movie's 89 minutes. It was pretty short, an hour and a half. It looked interesting. I'd heard good things. And I was like, ah, screw it. I'll just watch it. Started it. 20 minutes in, I am was just about to stop the movie. I was like, I do not want to watch this movie. I know where it's going, kind of. Um... And even if it doesn't go the direction I want it to, I don't really like any of these characters. These characters are annoying. The dialogue seems uh, just bad. I didn't like it. I just didn't like the dialogue, which more, more on that in a little bit. I didn't like the dialogue, didn't like what was being said, just didn't like the characters, didn't like a lot about it. But I was like, you know what, just let it go. Come on, you gotta let things flow over. You gotta, you gotta give it a chance. And then as the action picks up, I really start to like this movie. So there's... There's um, a lot of references to like quantum mechanics and uh, and alternate universes and things like that and alternate realities and um, not not references. That's a dumb thing to say. It's not references. It's actuality. This is coherence. There's um, uh, that's kind of what the whole thing is. Is coherence is when the realities basically all cohere and you get one single reality rather than multiple uh, realities. So. Anyways, you gotta you you gotta watch the movie to uh, kind of get where I'm where where they're going with this movie. But right away, I notice um, 
from a technical standpoint, I noticed, I think they're using autofocus on this camera. This feels like a camera like that I, you know, I, uh, that I own that I, you know, I'm, I use cameras and stuff too. And I'm, and I, as I'm looking at, it sounds like a dumb thing to say, but as I'm looking at this movie, I'm thinking they're just using the autofocus on this camera because everything's blurry. The, the cinematography looks very odd. It looks pretty. I like the way it looks, but it looks like amateurish almost. And things are coming in and out of focus, seeming seemingly like randomly shouldn't be happening like that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just like thinking this seems strange. Why is this movie? You know, this is a I guess it is a low budget movie, but it seems extremely amateurish, but not amateurish in a bad way. It wasn't bumping me and making me feel like oh, this is so crappy looking. It looked good. But anyways, I, so I noticed that right away. And like I said, the, the dialogue and every the interaction between the, the people seemed <clears throat> just didn't seem well thought out. Like it seemed like um, screw it, I'll just give away the the punchline. Improved, which it actually was. I came to find out later that the director wanted to make a movie low budget, so he came up with all this uh, the idea in his his head. He diagrammed out where he wanted the story to go, and then he he invited actor friends of his over gave them character sheets uh, basically they, they to get acquainted with their characters read it over learn your character and then we're going to sit down at dinner and we're going to have interactions and i'm going to and i'm going to lead you through the story but we're basically doing a dinner party like an acting dinner party what is that called where you, you get together with friends and you do like an acting dinner party i don't know i've never done one my, my wife did one and she thought it was awesome but um ah, now I, I really want to know what that what that's called can't think of it uh, anyways, so that's how the movie was made, and he did it on a Canon, I think it was a Canon 5D, some camera that is not super expensive, a couple thousand dollar camera, a camera that you could just, you know, a lot of amateur filmmakers and amateur photographers use, or pro photographers do, like just low level, basically is what I'm saying, um, uses that, a couple of those cameras, invites his friends over, improvs this goddamn movie, and even though he knows where it's going, they don't all really know where it's going. They know the kind of the gist. And so I didn't know this at the time. I didn't know this while I'm watching it, but it did feel kind of real. It felt real, like a bunch of really like douchey characters got together and um, were having a dinner party, which is actually what it was. It was improv actors getting together, being douchey, or not douchey, but just kind of unlikable characters having a dinner party. But once the action picks up, the comet, uh, there, or there's a comet uh, that passes over the Earth, and as that happens, you get this, you know, mind-bending thing that, that starts taking place where there's multiple realities, and without giving too much away, once that happens, the action picks up, The it becomes very interesting, the characters become more... Like, I have more invested in these characters because I like them more once they're faced with trauma and they're not just being the unlikable people that they are. Um, then you start start seeing these little backstories emerge and, and it's very well, like, I want to say well-written, but it wasn't written, but it was just very well done. Uh, these, like, little intricacies. I really liked all the character interactions at this point. Um, and then you got, on top of that, the science fiction aspect of it, uh, which come to think it's not really science fiction it's like i don't know it's it's science yeah, it is science fiction okay and uh all this all that stuff worked really well um it wasn't really scary but it was uh you know it was intense it was engaging the whole way through um and then 
where it ends is also very or it's it's like what it's like a lot of movies like this can build and build and build and be very good and then just end very poorly i thought this one ended extremely well i really like the way this one ended um i didn't notice much music throughout until the end and once the end came you just started to notice more music coming into them into the movie and i really loved that music i really really liked one of the characters the main character that it focused on at the end um and thinking back on it i'm wondering did they focus on that character early on too i don't know it didn't seem like it It seemed like it was an ensemble cast that there was no focus really but where the the character that they focused on at the end i really liked that character i liked what they were doing um and it was just engaging i really liked this movie and and I think I like this movie more than I like my number one this week or this episode, but <clears throat> I don't know. I don't think this is as impressive or as uh, much of an achievement in film as the, my number one. And so it slightly edges it out, but this is a four star. This is a great movie for me. I really like this movie. Probably love this movie. And one of the main reasons why is because it is inspiring like green room, but even to a greater extent um, to uh filmmakers to want to be filmmakers like myself when i see something like this i see what's possible with a vision and with some technical know-how and just with what you can do if you just really want to go out there and make a movie very low budget movie and but it doesn't look bad it looks it looks it looks like something i would like to make i i really like this movie um i'm gonna try to get the wife to watch it again so i may come back with a second review and tell you if I liked it more or the same or less. Um, I'm thinking I could like this a lot more on a second viewing. So, yeah, Coherence. Definitely highly recommend this one. Probably not for everybody, but uh, give it 20 minutes at least. All right, the number one movie that I watched out of the last five. This one, like I said, I liked it. Probably liked it a little bit less than Coherence. But it's undeniably a uh, unique movie. Uh, unique, unique movie and very, very well done. This movie is from 2000, oh, I'm sorry, 1999, Being John Malkovich. Thank you. Welcome to the seven and a half floor of the Merton Plummer building. My name is Craig Schwartz and I have an interview with Dr. Lester. Please have a seat, Mr. Juarez. My name is Schwartz. My name is Schwartz. Which of these two letters comes first, this one or this one? The symbol on the left is not a letter, sir. Damn, you're good. Do you know that I don't even know your name or where you work? And 50 other lines to get into a girl's hands. <laughs> yeah. So, honey, have you thought any more about us having a baby? I think that maybe we should just wait and see if this job thing pays off. There's a tiny door in my office, Maxine, and it takes you inside John Malkovich. There's no such thing as a hole into somebody's brain. Yes, there is. You see the world through John Malkovich's eyes? Yes! And then after about 15 minutes... That's not me! I didn't say that! You're spit out into a ditch on the side of the New Jersey turnpike. It was amazing. Where the hell are we? We're Malkovich's subconscious. Do you think that it's kind of weird that John Malkovich has a portal? I mean, do you think that it might have some sort of significance? What is going on? Huh? I discovered that portal. It's my head! John Cusack, Cameron Diaz, Catherine Keener, and John Malkovich. 
Being John Malkovich, directed by Spike Jones, uh, starring John Malkovich, uh, Cameron Diaz, John Cusack, um, Catherine uh, Keener, um, written by Charlie Kaufman, who wrote uh, wrote Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, um, and also um, I mean a few of them like uh, Anna Lisa. What else we got? I don't know how to say that name though. It's Sinicho, Sinochi. I don't know. I don't know how to say that one, but haven't seen that one yet, anyways. But um, he's a very, at least from what I've seen of him, very unique writer, very interesting writer. Writes very creative and way out there ideas, or has really creative and way out there ideas, and very strange scripts, much like Yorgos Lanthimos. Although I think he does it uh, much better. I think his. Um, his writing is much more interesting. Not not to like, you know, not to shit on Yorgos Lanthimos or anything. I think um, he's probably, I don't know. It, they're both very interesting, but this one, but Charlie Kaufman just writes, I don't know, really unique and strange things. Um, but this being John Malkovich is a very strange movie that I didn't realize. So I'd watched parts of this. This is like a idiocracy. I'd watched parts of it before. I don't remember if I ever watched it all the way through back in the day, but um, this time I watched it with the wife all the way through, and uh, I didn't realize how long it took before they got to uh, John Malkovich. <laughs> My wife even said to me at one point, she's like, I don't like this guy, the main character, John Cusack. She's like, I don't like this guy, and his name's not even Malkovich. So she had no idea what the hell was about to transpire. And so I'm just like, oh yeah, I know, and just wait to where you see where this goes really appreciated this movie i think it's very um very like idiocracy in a way detailed and well fleshed out well thought out um it's, it's just like a a tight a super tight script that is also absurd much like there's a lot of similarities in my list here much like killing of a sacred deer absurd but very tight um you know, I chuckled a few times. It's supposed to be kind of funny. It's kind of like a dark comedy slash mind bender sci-fi type movie. It kind of really defies all categories in a way. And that's kind of why this is number one on my list. It's such a unique movie in, in film. I just, I don't know of anything else really like, I mean, there are a few, I mean, and they probably have Charlie Kaufman's name attached, uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, uh, very strange movie, but, uh, and Yorgos Lanthimos does this too, but, it's just a, I don't know, it's an idea, that, it's just like a perfect, um, I think mo film is a perfect place for something like this. I love that this exists in the canon of all movies made. Um, I think it stands out and um, it's very enjoyable, very enjoyable to watch. If I had to nitpick it a little bit, um, yeah, I don't like any of the characters really. The characters are kind of unlikable. Um, unsympathetic uh yeah didn't really like much mu uh, like them very much um john malkovich i love john love john malkovich though god damn he's so good he's so good after watching this i just wanted to go watch uh burn after reading and i wanted to go watch rounders and i wanted to and i know you're angry right now those are not his best movies i know but that it's i just want more malkovich that's what i want after watching this movie 
Malkovich was great. Um, just a strange, unique storyline. Highly recommend this movie um, for people that uh, want something different and weird and unique in a movie. This is not, by any stretch of the imagination, supposed to be a realistic movie uh, set in the real world or set in a or a science fiction movie that's supposed to be interacted with by real people. This is much like uh, Killing of the Sacred Deer or The Lobster, where it's kind of set in an alternate universe, and uh, you kind of have to accept that on board, and then once you do, this movie really works. Really love this movie. Um, yeah, being John Malkovich. All right, um, that is this episode really quick. I'll run it down again um, from five to one. Crawl. At number five, number four, killing the killing of a sacred deer. At number three, idiocracy. At number two, coherence. At number one, being John Malkovich. And why am I running it down? That's kind of stupid. It's not like it's a top ten list from the year or something like that. Anyways, um, yeah, let me know what you think. If you had to rank, rank, rank these movies and you've seen them all, how would you rank them? Feel free to comment that wherever you see this podcast. Feel free to reach out to me and let me know if there's any topics you would like me to cover. Um... Let me know if I'm what I'm if I'm wrong about crawl or if I'm if I'm underrating killing of a sacred deer or, or idiocracy or if I'm overrating coherence or being John Malkovich is better than you said it is or worse or whatever. Reach out to me um, stdmpodcast at gmail.com. Also on Facebook at Stop Talking During Movies. Um, I'm on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere that you get podcasts. And you probably already know that if you're listening now. All right, thank you for listening. Until next time, stop talking during me. Whoa, 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 that was scary. <laughs>